Roseanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animal's Eye View Podcast. Happy Solstice, everyone. I hope you all have signed up for my newsletter. And in case you haven't, I'm going to be sharing a little bit of what I wrote in the newsletter that went out on Monday, the date of the actual solstice. And what was so interesting, of course, about this most recent solstice is that it happened to coincide And as we all know, there are no such things as coincidences. At least I don't think there are. It happened to coincide with what humans perceive as being the grand conjunction 2020, which in a nutshell is Jupiter and Saturn passing so close to each other, one-tenth of one degree separation between them. And if you didn't have a chance to get out into your backyard or your balcony or porch or wherever you happen to be on the planet and take a look at that, I invite you to Google some of the pictures because they're just off the charts. Some of them are so clear that you can actually see four of Jupiter's moons and the rings of Saturn. It it just really was to me magical to be on one planet of Earth that we know about in the solar system and to be able to see other planets that are a significant distance away. I get a kick out of things like that, I guess. It's just, it's like, if you've ever had the opportunity to see the Milky Way without all of the light pollution that goes on on the planet, that also is just incredibly magical to see stars as they shoot across the skies, to be able to see the glory of a full moon, and not only that, but a harvest moon, all sorts of things on this planet, to me anyway, are just really spine-tingling and awe-producing. And as we've talked before, the other half of the awe-producing is the terror producing as well, but that's that's what makes them so magical, I think. And as we've talked before on this podcast, I know just enough about astrology to be dangerous, which is not a lot. But I thought what I might do is read to you just a little bit about what I wrote in my most recent newsletter about the importance of this grand conjunction. And the reason why is that as your body is made of between 60-80% water, you are as affected by the gravity of celestial bodies, such as the moon, as the oceans are. 
you are also affected by the movements of the planets and the other stars in our galaxy. Again, because your body is made of 60 to 80% water. So how could you not be affected by their gravitational pull? That's just basic physics. And for those of you who receive messages from the universe, you know how this works. They rarely say, okay, so Lizanne, on this particular date at this particular time, here's this piece of information that we would like for you to apply to whatever's going on. That's not how that works. (laughs) They're really fond of free will. And more accurately, they're really fond of honoring free will on our part. And so they'll just share information from you just like, well, so here's this little bit of this little tidbit of information, and we're just going to drop that in there for you. And to a certain extent, they wait for what I'm hearing is actually the resonance of the situation to be applicable. And so this was something that I heard, I don't know, probably four or five years ago. Sometimes I write down dates for things that I hear, and sometimes I just keep track of what I hear, as as I am most uh, predominantly clairaudient. And what I heard was, there will be a reset in global energy that will act like a slingshot if you should choose to step into it. And that was it. That's all that was said. And if I remember correctly, it was one of those times in between waking and or just before sleeping where you're kind of dancing between two worlds as far as your awareness goes, well, at least two worlds, as far as your awareness goes. And it's at that point in time, of course, that I think the universe is most fond of slipping these little jewels right in, (laughs) knowing that there's a free spot and that they'll sit there waiting for you to gather them up when you're ready. And so it is that I think most recently that that particular piece of information about acting as a slingshot was really applicable. And I do perceive that it's with this latest grand conjunction. So let me let me just read a little bit about uh, about what I wrote. Most of what I perceive beyond the sun, moon and rising signs goes in one air and out the other. And with that, I do invite you to know what your particular sun, moon and rising signs are in this lifetime. Why? They offer you a blueprint of your soul being matched with the most perfect partnership of human experience as dictated by the position of the planets at the moment of your birth. And the planets being, I guess we could say probably the guardians who were present at your birth and the influence of the position of those particular guardians as you exited the body of the parent who gave birth to you. And it was at that moment that, not exactly like a barcode, but I guess we could probably say a barcode of your soul, was gifted to you. And this blueprint is meant to be a launching off place for you to as the saying goes, change your stars if you so choose, because it informs you of how the planets and their movements affect you over a lifetime. So often we humans fall into the trap of dissing one sign over the other. You all know how that goes. But the more you can neutrally embrace who you are, and therefore as it follows others are, the better. 
And I'll put a couple of links into different sites that I happen to follow that I think are particularly helpful to me as I attempt, keyword attempt, to navigate the really amazing practice and discipline of astrology. And so with the Grand Conjunction, and I I heard different things and I read different things as I went out onto the interwebs looking for information that I can pass along to you all. Some sites were saying that this ha- hasn't happened in the last 400 years. Other sites were saying that this hasn't happened since 1226. The bottom line is that this most definitely will not occur again in our lifetimes. And so this is the slingshot I referenced because as they appear to be one, these two giants reflect for us the fact that all is one. There is no separation ever. And if you'll if you'll step into that just a little bit further, and we'll talk a little bit more about our, our reality, uh, aka human reality, as compared to the reality of animals, and quite frankly, all the other species on the planet, with this conjunction of energy, there is a pulling back, if you will, of the slingshot. Astrologers would tell you that this is the true dawning of the age of Aquarius, that if we look back over time in history, that grand conjunctions in previous times have heralded, at least for the human species, the the Renaissance, times when uh, civilization as it was known to humankind was dramatically and drastically transformed. And if you might picture as well what happens every time your favorite feline companion gathers themselves before launching forward at real or imagined prey, there's that moment before and the aptly named butt wiggle is the gathering of energy, physical and otherwise, that helps put them into the perfect position to obtain the object of their intention, kind of no matter what that is. And so now it is with us. And I go on in my newsletter to say, aim your arrow true and straight in these coming days because you can't miss. Intention is everything, always, and even more so right now. The best is yet to be. And remember to have fun on the journey. That's also especially important right now because being the energy of that which you seek is key. And what I followed up with was what I thought was kind of a funny quote by Arthur C. Clarke, one of the most amazing writers of science fiction. And his quote is, I don't believe in astrology. I'm a Sagittarius and we're skeptical. And I hope that offers you a little bit of a funny And the interesting thing is that where animals are concerned, it's not that I don't think they aren't affected by the moon's gravitational pull. I do believe that they are. I do believe that they understand the movement of the planets. They understand the effect that the movement of those planets have on their physical beings They understand the purpose of the stars. They understand 
pretty much everything associated with this planet. And it's really interesting even to think about the fact that they probably understand physics and science in a way that I think would put modern day physicists and scientists, frankly, to shame. Because when you look at something from the outside in, there's a boundary that you automatically create as opposed to converging with and simply being one with that thing that you're trying to understand about. You, you, there's an automatic barrier that's created because you're looking at that thing that being, whatever it happens to be, and saying, hmm, how can I understand you better? I want to understand you better. And rather than embrace that vulnerability, we we kind of set up all of these structures and all of these caveats that, well, if I do this, then this has to follow, and then I need to be able to do that. And there's just all sorts of things that as beings in human experience, we kind of mandate, have to be in place just way before any of that kind of communal sharing, if you will, of energy and wisdom can even possibly start. And so in the reality, if you will, of animals, there's none of that. They just step into it. They just say, oh, I would like to understand what the grand conjunction is about. And for them, the visual that they shared with me was what I described just a few minutes ago, which was a cat before pouncing and gathering all of the propulsion energy in the hind end, because that's what the hind end is for, is the propulsion part of the leap forward. And so they do understand what is happening The really interesting thing, though, is that the reality that beings in human experience have embraced up until this point is coming to an end. There's no way to sugarcoat it. It's coming to an end. I know that depending upon your political leanings way back, I think maybe 2016, maybe even early 2017, there was a phrase that was put forth by one political party, a.k.a. the current administration, and it talked about alternative facts. And again, depending upon your political leanings, you will either resonate that with that or you won't resonate with that. In retrospect, though, in looking at something like that, alternative facts is most definitely applicable (laughs) to the awareness of beings in human experience on the planet at this point in time. And those alternative facts are going to be coming to an end because they have reached the final days, the eclipse, if you will, of their being able to be sustained on the planet. It's like a rubber band that has been stretched so far, and the rubber band will either snap and break or the rubber band will go, oh, wow, I've stretched out really far this way. And so I need to kind of come back to the middle and kind of come back to where I can be the best rubber band possible. This reality that humans have put forth and attempted to place on top of the planet just simply isn't sustainable any longer. And 
I don't know about you, but I guess I would rather land on the side of where the animal's reality is. And I don't want to get too far down into the rabbit hole of what constitutes reality and awareness and all those sorts of things. I would just invite you that if you ever find the earth beneath your feet feeling a little bit too light for your liking, i.e. you're not centered or grounded, I would invite you to get yourself outside to, as we've talked into the past, to hug a tree. If you're somewhere on the planet that's warm, I would invite you to put your feet into the sand, to go swimming in the ocean, to pick up your favorite rock. And it doesn't even have to be some fancy schmancy crystal rock. I would invite you to go out there and pick up a rock that happens to call out to you from the edge of the path where you happen to be walking and have a conversation with that rock. This is the kind of communal sharing and communal support, communal validation, communal partnership, communal balance, all of those things that animals and all the other species on the planet have known for so very long, and which humans have, with awareness, consciously created barriers against which I've used the phrase before, maybe it's, it's, you know, we each have our own world and we live in it. We, when we live in our own world, we think, oh, well, this is normal. This is how it is. And it's interesting from time to time, I take on new clients or I happen to be um, working with kind of new clients as an adjunct to the clients that I already have in my practice And it's always really interesting to me, and to a certain extent, I freely admit, frankly, a little bit amusing, when people first step into the arena of animal communication and they say, well, but but you mean she's always mostly right? And the answer is, well, yeah, you know, 85, 90, 95% of the time, and we really couldn't do and have such a great relationship with whoever it is the animal companion happens to be at that point in time without the information that someone like Lausanne is able to give to us. And it's at that moment in time when I'm really struck by the juxtaposition of what beings in human experience can adopt, and I think that's those are the key words, can adopt, meaning it's a choice, of realities versus what beings in animal experience don't really necessarily see as a choice in adopting. They just simply embrace all that is. There is only the now to them. They they don't really, frankly, they don't really care about space exploration. They already know what's out there. And and if they need to know more of what's out there, they simply ask the question, hey, what's out there? They understand about life on other planets that science has only begun to start hinting at. And people like Stephen Hawking said, oh, yeah, absolutely. There definitely is life on other planets. It's at this point in time, specifically, you are being offered an opportunity to step into the reality of animals and for lack of a better word, we'll call it that, or 
the reality of the other 7.77 million other species on the planet, or to stick with the one that you have. And just because you step into that other reality, so to speak, it doesn't mean that you have to leave behind the experience of being human. Not at all. I can positively guarantee, though, that that experience of being human will become richer, more profound, deeper, broader, and will lead you most likely, especially in these coming months, into areas not only within yourself, but with other beings on the planet of all different kinds of species that in your current reality, you can't possibly gain access to. Why? Because the anchoring point will be entirely different. If you picture any kind of boat or ship and it's anchored offshore, there's a limit to where that anchor will reach because the chain is only so long. That's the point of an anchor. And a point of an anchor is to keep you anchored in a place and so you don't drift off into other places. The really interesting thing, though, if depending upon where you choose to anchor, there definitely are some chains that are a heck of a lot longer than other chains. And there are some anchors and chains that actually will allow you to shift as you need to shift so that where your reality happens to be isn't dependent upon the reality itself. It's all dependent upon your relationship with the reality. And at least that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website where I also post notices for upcoming events such as new classes and online psychic fairs. I'll be taking another week off of the podcast and begin anew after the first of the year. Happy New Year, everyone. The best is yet to be. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.